You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are here and we are smothered <laughs> in onions. <laughs> Again. Again. Every week. Again. Dear Lord, we are so happy to be here to do another episode of Real Crime, the <laughs> Internet's most wonderful <laughs> and ominous movie podcast there is. The most infamous. Dear Lord. <laughs> what the? Please help us have a good show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is real crime. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, it's, it's cold as hell outside. We're all tired and half yeah. of us are sick. Yeah. And it's snowing and we didn't cancel this time. Yeah. Yeah. We're worse than like the school system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I can honestly say that it has, it's, it's been a big change from, and I, I hate to sound like, you know, old man Scott, get off my lawn shit. But it really is different now. I mean, d- the smallest bit of snow or ice, it seems like they close everything down. Now. And I guess that's a cool thing because it, it's a safety thing. I'm sure they a lot of more lives could have been saved when we were younger because people were sliding off roads and going into ditches and yeah. running into each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. it really is different now, yeah. including our radio show. If it spits a little bit of snow, we can't do the show. We're very sorry, everybody. You know, it just comes down to safety. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, safety's important. Mm-hmm. 15 years ago, we were young and stupid, and it would have just been like, go do the show at all costs. Let's and take now my it's, 1989 right. Omni out in the snow and drive full speed down the <laughs> yeah, street. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, everything will be fine. And It'll now be- it's like, guys, we got to be safe. We've got all got jobs and kids mm-hmm. and families oh, and yeah, totally. responsibilities. Yeah, so, totally. you know. So yeah. we have a lot of fun planned for this week. Yeah. Uh, very this exciting. is different. This is different. We've moved off of just one specific topic. Well, yeah. Well, the problem with that, I mean, obviously, is we had, yeah, there were a lot of holes there. We were having a problem getting together. There was stuff happening. There's the holidays, of course, too. Yeah. So we were stuck on the whole Stephen King for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're gone. We're, we're, we're moving on. We're, we're moving on with our lives, um, and we have a very fun topic planned for you guys tonight. Uh, however, though, the most important part of the show is upon us. Yes, our sponsors. Yes, yes, yes. First thing we gotta do is mention Let's our sponsors. Let's make some money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number one, Flint Institute of Arts, as usual. Mm, yeah. Oh. We love them. We yeah. love them very, very much. I have a drone flying over there all the time now, just so I can watch the Flint Institute of Arts. <laughs> so I know everything yes, is going on. You don't need to be paranoid. <laughs> 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 we just lost that sponsorship. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And of course, Sellermans. Yes. We all love Sellermans. Oh, what a, what a wonderful place. Yeah. Oh, just, okay, I don't want to keep riffing on, but man, I think I, last month I was They here. fulfill my fantasies. Yeah, their they're new Boogeyman, I think they're still serving it, the Boogeyman Stout. I think I mentioned that before. If you haven't had that, you're a loser. You're just a loser. You yeah. gotta go there and try the Boogeyman Stout. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, mm. they've got really, really good stuff there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, our other friends at projectorscreen.com. Mm. Check Hi, them guys. out. Check Hi. them out. Yeah. Email me at Chris at spoilerfreemoviesleuth.com and I can get you 10% off anything on their website. Outstanding. So let me know. Mm. All right. In news this week, I really mm. don't have a lot. Mm. I tried to taper it back because I knew this subject was going to take up a lot of time. Mm. So first bit of news we just reported on is Funcom, in partnership with Legendary Pictures, they're developing an open world video game for Dune. I heard about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty that's cool. going to be really, that. really cool. That is going to be super yeah. cool. <laughs> you don't sound excited. No, I mean that. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Yeah, calmly expressing yep. my excitement. 
because that is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yes, it will. Yeah. And then my friend Adam Robotel, who directed The Taking of Deborah Logan and Escape Room, he actually announced on his page yesterday that Escape Room actually made a lot of money, and he's just been given the green light to make a sequel. Oh, oh yeah. congratulations. Yeah, so pretty exciting stuff for him. Cool. Um, I uh, initially met him when I started the site years and years and years ago, and he's having great success as a director. Good for him. Yep. Nice. Cool. Very cool stuff. And then uh, we also announced yesterday or published a news story on Gremlins. There's going to be an animated Gremlins series that's going to be coming to the Warner Brothers streaming service. Hmm. And it's going to be a prequel of sorts. It's going to be about Mr. Wing that they bought the Mogwai from. Okay. And it's basically going to be him and Gizmo prior to the first oh, Gremlins movie. That, that, that could be really cute. That could be really fun. Yeah. 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 So kind of cool news, actually. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all remake and uh, reboot stuff this week. So very cool. Um, and then last bit of news is Rotten Tomatoes finally stepped up today or yesterday, mm -hmm. and they are removing all user reviews and comment section until a movie is actually released. Yay. So we no longer will be getting oh, the review that's cool. bombing that's happening by fanboys on their site. Oh, that's so, good. All right. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good forward you know, step for that. I had a couple mm -hmm. things on my YouTube feed today, that, and I saw Rotten Tomatoes all over the place and just haven't had time to sit down and watch anything. That's probably what... <laughs> Everybody's freaking out about right now and on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Good for them. Congratulations, yeah. guys. Yep. Very Good cool stuff. stuff. That's cool. Yes. So in new releases this week, we've got Apollo 11, which is the really cool documentary about that mission. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other big release this week is a Medea family funeral. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Slow week. Yeah. Kind of slow week. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, Excellent. Um, yeah. Suggested viewings. Suggested viewings for this week. I was just talking to you guys about mine a couple minutes yeah, ago. That, yeah, yeah that sounds good. And it's totally on topic. The movie oh, The Wandering man. Earth oh, out of China. Dude, that sounds so cool. Massive, massive, massive. Massive, massive. It's massive. I'm Sean Connery. I hear that all the time. Massive. <laughs> um, the Wandering Earth is really cool. It's a sci-fi spectacle. Mm -hmm. Just massive, massive effect shots. Really cool. It's actually the highest grossing film ever out of China right now. It's wow. grossed like $600 million wow. in just a couple weeks. So Whoa. Netflix actually just purchased it, so it should be coming to them in the next few months also. Mm -hmm. But some theaters, the AMC chain does have the movie. So if you can see this movie in a theater... See it. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Hey, Josh Parks, happy birthday. There's your birthday shout out. Congratulations. Thanks. Happy birthday. Josh. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. You made another year. Yeah. I didn't know if birthdays were kosher or not, though. Anyways, moving on. Chris Jordan. Okay. Uh, my suggested viewing, since it's coming out on Blu-ray today, is uh, Willard with Crispin Glover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seeing that uh, Scream Factory announcement made me think of that movie again that is a really really good this is the most crispin glover of all crispin glover movies cool. yeah he's like off the chain in that movie yeah i have not seen it i have not seen that either it's really cool um yeah it's just a very very strange strange movie yeah with him and arlie ermy is the villain yeah that's right just really weird strange gothic atmosphere it's just it's it's peak Crispin Glover for sure. Cool. And one of the rare 
mid 2000s horror remakes that was something like really unique and different and cool how about you mara well the only thing i've watched all week except for some of the uh movies i kind of went back to watch and to talk about later on Mm -hmm. is star trek original series Hmm. so i'll have to recommend that this week well you were just watching the the series yeah good fault just going through the sec. i was going through the second season right now yeah yeah um I don't know. You know, all the episodes are kind of running together right now because yeah. I've just been, you know, whenever I put the TV on, I've just been watching that. But, I mean, it's it's a great show. You can just really sit there and just let it you it, get absorbed into it. The visuals are really cool. They're great. The co- Like the colors. They really, like, they bought a purple light bulb and they were like, we're putting this in every scene. The thing yes. about something like Star Trek for me is, look, we all know that it's dated. It was yeah. late 60s, okay? Yeah. yeah, There's no way it's going to be able to stand up that good to the test of time. There's few productions that have, right? Well, even the stuff where they think they're kind of like being progressive is kind of like oh, yeah. a little cringeworthy. Yeah, but the thing know? is is that that's what makes it so beautiful. It does. The one thing that irritates me... It, more than anything nowadays is I'll see people, especially with video games now, right? Because I'm a big mm-hmm. Atari guy. I'm, I'm a big Atari dork. And I know those games are blocks that run around the screen. I know. It's it's primitive. Right. But it was the foundation. And so was Star Trek. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it cracks me up when I see fanboys and fangirls getting online who were ra- hand-raised on, like, you know, beautiful games. I don't I don't know all the technical stuff, but li- yeah. literally movies that you can, you can control, right? Yeah. Um, and they will take the time... And well, they'll take they'll take time out of their day to more or less just beat the shit out of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Star Trek. With yeah. you know, with what we have now for movies, I know that we have astounding looking films now. They're mm-hmm. amazing, and they're only gonna get cooler. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think it's hysterical how people will still take the time to just, just to beat the crap out of something that was made before they were born. Yeah. You know, and again, it's not the get off my lawn thing, but you know, you really understand your history. You should. I agree yeah. with you. It's a history. It's important. It. It. it gave a lot to i mean what we're going to talk about sci-fi oh yeah it laid the foundation for a lot of science fiction television and movies oh, God, yeah. yeah and i mean say what you want about the graphics and everything and how they they have like such uh heavy makeup on it sometimes it's kind of like funny because it's like spots yeah. wearing purple eyeshadow yeah. oh yeah and he looks so pretty and it's like, you know, you can laugh about that, but the storytelling's there. Those people yeah. are all legends the, now. And, and that's what it was all and the, about. And then. the Definitely. acting, too. It's like, you know, people laugh at William Shatner's acting, but he, you know, he portrayed a lot. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he, he did a lot. And you can impersonate that guy. I mean, it, yeah. he's a timeless yes. character. He, you can impersonate he, them all, too. Yeah. 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 They were, they all, were all so unique. There's nothing not to like about Star Trek. I understand if you don't like it, though, too. It may not be your cup it's of tea. It's not for everyone. But respect where it comes from. Yeah. 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 That's all yeah. you can read. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. man, I can't, I could watch the original series over and yeah. over and over again. And Next Generation, I could just do the same thing. So, and what's yours? Me, too. I don't want to tell you mine. Oh, come I want on. I Star Trek the rest of the night. Great. <laughs> um, you know, well, I mentioned before the show, I, I never saw it, and I was kind of just, I needed to take a chill day on Sunday and literally just, sit myself down and not do anything just rest myself um force myself to not do anything and i ended up watching a couple of flicks one of them i watched was kind of in preparation for this show tonight which is going to be on sci-fi as mara said and it's called transcendence and it stars johnny depp right um not the greatest flick i'm sure you guys have all seen it right you, i haven't you haven't seen no. it you saw it though chris right 
Which one? Transcendence. When's it yes. Non-listening Is it a motherfucker. Is it a newer movie? Uh, what? 2013? 2013, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you did say it right. It's like Lawnmower Man light, kind of. It is. Um, it's, you know, basically man becoming one with the computer. Yeah. You know. I liked mm-hmm. what... A lot more manly. But you got to see the metamorphosis <laughs> of the of what the system the system that he had built he was building. Yeah. You got to see the metamorphosis of how it was, you know, on a on a more fundamental level, you got to see kind of how it was built up and what it became. And what it could have become too. I couldn't help myself and maybe I swallowed the pill a long time ago. I don't know. But I couldn't help myself thinking like, Man, you guys should have just let this go. It would have been sweet. The whole world, everybody would have been healed. We all would have been super people. But the idea was like, we can't let this happen. We can't let the machine take right. over. I get that. But at the same time, and that's why I thought it was a pretty good movie, because I found myself sympathizing with the villain, so to say, going, man, you know, I kind of get that's this cool. idea. Yeah. So huh, I think it wasn't a, an amazing film by any means. But, you know, I, I think a lot of great sci-fi, and I, I know we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it again tonight. Some of my favorite sci-fi is the stuff that isn't bombastic. bombastic. Right. It isn't stuff that's, that's effects-laden and craziness and all this stuff. It's stuff that just makes you think about stuff. And that's what Transcendence did mm-hmm. for me. It made me think about an idea kind of in depth. Going, man, what if I was in that situation? And I think that, okay. to me... Go ahead, Chris. What were you going to say? No, I just said okay. Oh, okay. Um I think to me that's 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 the that's the to me that's the the point of sci-fi. I I I like to think that's what when a person's writing a sci-fi story, a book, a film, whatever it may be, they're doing it to really make your your mind work. That's why I love Star yeah. Trek so much, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, Next Generation, because the Next Generation got really nerdy, and it got you thinking about a lot of weird subjects, not only technical subjects but moral and ethical ideas totally. too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the future sometimes, and. <clears throat> I think a lot of people who write sci-fi and these ideas, they are. I mean, we've seen, I've seen ideas that were written down 20 years ago, and we've they, they are here now, right? Definitely. So uh, forward thinking, but also maybe foreboding too. Like maybe we should think about what we're doing here, right? right. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought process with this. But yeah, we're talking about sci-fi tonight. So I don't know if we just want to throw the baton around all night long like we normally do. Yeah, I think a lot of us are going to, Cross swords on this one too, because there's probably gonna be a lot yeah. that cross streams, you know, cross, cross streams, streams yeah. yeah. Cross streams, okay. Don't cross the streams. No, I want to cross swords. Black, black, black. Feels so good. You're disgusting. Okay. okay. Different type of show now. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so the first one I want to throw out there. Mm. This is a very important one to me because, um, as much as you know. Like Star Wars is sci-fi, but it's more fantasy. So I really don't want to get into those too much. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've that was one, that, and we too. beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I grew up with Star Wars, but there was another movie that affected me almost just as much as Star Wars. And I think this is a very important science fiction film across the board. It's been remade numerous times. It was released in 1964. It's called Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Has oh, anybody man. seen this? Uh, no. I never I'm actually not. have. I've, I've always never seen the original one. This is, yeah. it's basically, you've all seen Enemy Mine, correct? Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. this is the precursor to Enemy Mine. It's the same movie, basically, yeah. which yeah. Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. Man, is phenomenal, too. Um, but, uh. <laughs> Sabis! <laughs> Sorry. Yes. 
Um, Robinson Crusoe on Mars is basically about an astronaut who is forced to land on Mars. It's a barren planet and comes across a slave mm-hmm. um, who's basically just wearing cloths and shit. Like, you know, these people are just like living there, but they're working for, you know, the man, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same basic story as Enemy Mine. And it's basically about him befriending this alien human kind of person, yeah. you know, and them just becoming best friends and helping each other on this planet. Yeah. Very similar to Enemy Mine. Very similar. The effects for the time are great. Mm-hmm. The coloration is great. Um, it's one of those that when people ask me about what great sci-fi movie should I watch, Robinson Crusoe on Mars every single time. It's an absolute classic, and I'm actually surprised that it doesn't get mentioned a lot more. I'm glad you tied in Enemy Mind, too, because that's another fantastic. I yeah. Mean, it, it, I mean, similar storylines, but I that was one of the other ones growing up. Somehow, Enemy Mind ended up on a video cassette in my house. Somehow, somebody in my family decided to record Bootlegged that movie. it off HBO. Yeah, off HBO. <laughs> nice. And I ended up just watching it like over and over again it's which I, which I think is what got me into that weird thing i have with movies now but when i find a movie that i'm just falling in love with i have to watch it over and over again and it's not just because i like watching it it's because i want to understand it more and more right right yeah. amber screams and yells at me about this she's going the same thing over and over again i borrowed that her- i borrowed hereditary from you for example chris yeah and i watched that no less than 12 or 13 times just laying, you know, in, just in bed watching that movie, just looking for details and stuff like that. Uh, and Enemy Mine was one of those ones that just kind of fell into that. I fell down a rabbit hole with that movie. It's, if you haven't seen that, Marl, God. I haven't seen it. Oh, no. it's fan- and same with Robinson Crusoe and Mars. They're both. They're, they're both Again, they're fan. the same exact yeah. basic story yeah. other than in Enemy Mine, they're at war with each other mm-hmm. and they have to help each other. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in Robinson Crusoe, it's more or less like. It's a force of necessity mm-hmm. for them to mm-hmm. befriend each other. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, Jay, your turn. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you mentioned, Scott, uh, the whole kind of like philosophical aspect of Star Trek when we were kind yeah. of talking about that. That's like those tend to be my favorite sci fi films, are the kind of really philosophical. Uh, when you mentioned that, and then the whole thing about like sci-fi kind of foreshadowing uh, technology that comes to exist, yeah. both of those things just made me think about one that I was probably going to mention later in the show that mm-hmm. I know we all really love. That's Ex Machina. Oh, oh yeah, God. Um, yeah, that that's, wow. Yeah, that is Alex Garland. Yeah, yeah, easily um, my favorite sci-fi film of like the last ten years, probably. Um, yeah, just on both of those levels that I just mentioned, like. The all the layers of philosophy going on there yeah. with like sentience and kind of well, like, this, for, yeah. For starters, for starters, the way it looked, yeah. I visually, mean, it's amazing. Visually, it's it's just um, it's, it's a feast for the eyes. And the layers of like looking at AI in a kind of sci-fi sense, but then also sort of like sufficient conditions for personhood and whether she is alive and the sort of moral implications of the way that uh that oscar isaac's character treats her and like all the sort of layers of that and the Mm -hmm. way that it works as a sort of frankenstein kind of story in a sense and then also the way that like even just a few years later we're kind of already seeing that 
happen with like how plausible the technology of it was. Right. Yeah. Uh, that like there's that AI Sophia who really exists who looks exactly like Ava in a way that's really kind of uncanny, disconcerting, yeah. <laughs> and okay. makes me wonder like did did the people who created her watch that movie? Did they think about it really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I yeah. think sci-fi that keep driving that point. I think people, I think academia, I think, you know, contemporary science, the industry, people yeah. that are out there, uh, AI, robotics, whatever you want to, all them facets, yeah. uh, IT, everything that's out there, they're nerds. They're, they're, movie, gr- oh, they're yeah. movie buffs. They're, they're book readers. They're mm-hmm. game players, too. So a lot of people, they do sometimes when they start doing this heavy work we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They kind of always tip the hat to certain things. Oh yeah, so it's yeah, cool. Like, what I tell you? What did I tell you? I said don't do it. I said, I'm not doing this for a reason because I don't want to screw the show up. And what do you do, Chris? You break the show. God damn it, yep, Chris! I broke it. That's why we can't have nice show. things. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So yeah, I mean, ex machina. You can't. You can't tell. It's 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 top shelf sci-fi. Yes. And, and it has all. It has it all. I mean, I mean, it looks it looks amazing. It's a great story. And it makes you think. It has your mind working the whole way through. Going, like, oh, my oh God, yeah, is she really alive? You know, is, oh, yeah. is she sentient? Is she is she self aware? Is it all these things that constitute what something alive means? Yeah, right? the physical or the like philosophical and moral implications of that are really yeah. interesting. Yeah, to me. Yeah, it's a fan. T- I, I can't say enough good things about that movie. That's a great. That's a great pick, man. Yeah, Mara. All right, this was a this was a hard one because there were a lot of movies I wanted to talk about. Um, but the first one I want to talk about is THX one one three eight. Hell yeah! That's my probably my favorite one. God, did I see that? Don't matter. Go. Well, <laughs> for 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 those who are not familiar, yeah, it's uh, George Lucas's first film. Oh yeah, okay. And it tells uh, about a dystopian future where people are pretty much not really allowed to experience like anything and uh th1138 ends up falling and falling in love with the uh, woman he's with luh3417 and they have sex and that's like the big biggest no-no and uh yeah they're not supposed to reproduce yeah and i mean he i don't want to give it away but it's it's you know it's it's a very it's 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 sad, it's emotional, it's weird because the way that it's done is not really like a normal movie. Mm. It's mm. almost like a like an avant-garde film in a way because you have to f- kind of figure out stuff on your own. Like yeah. Stuff huh. is not explained to you at all. Yeah. It's just like, it is what it is, it plays out. There's even a lot of things that like you question later. When you, you watch it, mm-hmm. and after you've seen it a couple times, yeah. like it's just, mm-hmm. it's not a part of it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not important, I guess. It's it's just like it is what it is. And um, one of the things I really like about it is something George Lucas said was about like how he imagined it being kind of like a, an artifact or like a foreign film. Huh. So where you don't really understand something about the, you know, very far in the past or you don't understand some uh culture so different to your own Mm -hmm. and it just seems like confusing and weird Mm. 
and that's cool. you know mm-hmm. you kind of have to just experience it and kind of piece it together on your own and i i don't know i love it the music's great the look of it is mm-hmm. like um very minimalist so but it works it 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 puts you in the mind of something that is real um i love the the like the um there's like cops in it and they wear like the leather outfits and they have yeah. the, the silver faces those guys are sweet mm. it's a very stylized movie but some of it is very like stagnant looking yeah hmm. you know, very like mm. surgical and precise the way they it, made the movie look yeah it is it's very just like when I think of it, it's white. Very yes. White. But it works. Yeah. It works for what it is. And and the part that always sticks with me like the most is he goes to the uh to like I don't know, he goes wherever they are and he gets like a little like black and he walks around with it and he goes home and he just like and he just throws it in the garbage and it like makes kind of like a flush sound. Right. It's just like just consumer consumer yeah. culture which is funny that george huh. lucas wrote of all that? people yeah yeah we know what he thinks about us yeah <laughs> huh. yeah that's that's interesting I've, I've always meant to see that i never mm. have oh that's it's i recommend it yeah I'll, I'll have to check it out yeah it's it's really cool that it, like i said it plays out it's like an avant-garde film in in a way okay. but it plays out very hollywood in mm. the way that the action happens and the plot and everything, but it's like the way it looks and the way it feels is mm. is very artsy. That's cool. And I know that's another one that he George Lucas later on yeah, added he did. CG. Is the original cut available on any disc format, or is it just kind of relegated to VHS you, and such? I, I that's something I was going to look into because I realized I, I have the the special edition with the yeah. CGI stuff in the end. Okay. But I, yeah, I don't know if that's available somewhere. That'd be I, I wish because I yeah. didn't even remember what it looked like when I watched it yeah. without the uh, CGI. It's a cool flick, and it's pretty advanced for being a first directorial effort too. It really is. Yeah, he did, it is. It's really good. A lot of crazy themes going on in there. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so what you got for us, Lambert? I remember reading this book in high school, and then seeing the movie not too long after, and that was for Fahrenheit 451. Mm. Okay. Um, this is, and when I was making this list up, my little list up, this is yeah. the same mindset that I've been kind of just driving home since we started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of those stories, um, and the movie's all right. It's not a great movie. Uh, the book's fantastic, and I think they they transpose the ideas, which I'm happy they did. Uh, do you guys have? Has anybody ever read the book or seen the movie? No, I I'm ashamed to say I never have. No, it's fine. I, I've, I've read mean, the book. I have not seen the movie. And, you know, and it's been. I mean, I'm spotty because it's been a long time. But I just I remember seeing when I was saw the this name. I'm like, oh, that really got my brain working when mm. I was a kid. And yeah, the idea is this this time in the future where people can kind of just do whatever the hell they want. It's a pretty free society, right? However, uh, you know, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong with any of this. Uh, you can't read books. You're not allowed to read books. Yeah, you're, you're not allowed to have any literature whatsoever of anything. And then, really, the world. I mean, that's part of the things you, the themes you hear in the story, especially in the movie too. Is well, hey, we can do whatever we want. We can drive our cars as fast as we want. We can party. We can do anything we want. We have cures for everything now. 
what's it matter? We don't need to have art. We don't need to be thinking about things. We don't need to have our minds exercised. We can just do whatever the hell we want. It's a fun life, right? And you find that, no, it's not fun. It's a horrible life. Mm -hmm. And there are actual, you know, within the story, you know, you find out there are sex. I don't want to call them cults, but groups. Yeah. That are like on the outskirts. Factions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That literally have taken a book and made it into them. They are this book. This is who they are. And these people, the ones that are kind of carrying the torch for this idea. Wow. You know, that's kind of like a really broad stroke. The whole idea, though, is it makes you think like, in, especially in today's day and age, where it seems like, no, that's not the case. We're inundated with so many things. I mean, literally, you can, I mean, I, this still blows my mind to this day. I have this stupid little thing in my hand. that I mean, And I find myself doing it every, like, all day. Like today, I was eating my lentil soup. I'm, I was bragging about eating. I made my homemade lentil soup. I'm like... I'm having my lentil soup and I'm being stupid at work and my buddy's like, what the hell's a lentil, by the way? I'm like, that's a good <laughs> question. I have no freaking idea. Well, let's look at our phones. We'll find out right away. And we did. Mm -hmm. It's a seed. It's, it's great. We find all this cool stuff out. It's wonderful. <clears throat> so we're in an age where we have all this stuff in front of us, right? We have all mm -hmm. this stuff in front of us. But it seems like, to me at least, and I'm struggling with this too, I have all this stuff in front of me, all this stuff I can take in. It's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. You have freedom of choice now. To the point where, yeah, Netflix mm -hmm. is great. Amber will yell at me. She's like, you go to watch <laughs> Netflix and you watch the Netflix menu for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can't, I you can't settle that. on anything. Yeah. It drives me crazy. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it, if that's, you know, Fahrenheit 451 is a different idea where it's like, no, there's nothing there. But to me, it was, it was foreboding too. Like, man, what, what if we reach a point as a society we are, where we are just so over saturated with media with games and and music and movies and mm. books where we just got to shut the I, mean, I already feel overwhelmed we just have to shut the valve off at some mm -hmm. point i don't know um but that this is just one of those cool stories you know it's a it's a cool movie i enjoyed it it's a fun movie to watch uh but it just got my brain working it just got me thinking about things and that it, it's one of those ones that i'll you know it'll always be stuck in my crawl it's a well in great sci-fi that's what it should do exactly yeah right. exactly. you know it should point. make you think mm -hmm. should make you think exactly yeah. that's yeah. my whole point chris come on hurry up <sighs> all right i'm gonna actually it. uh i'm gonna go with a newer one okay. which is interstellar Ooh, yeah. which i know we've we've touched on this a few times <laughs> go right ahead I think, I, yeah. I can't say enough about this movie. But yeah. That's why I'm gonna shut up. I think uh, this movie represents so many different aspects of sci-fi. You know, first off, it you know the the whole end of the world thing. You know, mm -hmm. the planet's running out of food. Um, you know, everybody's basically starving. All these people have died. Mm -hmm. We've seen that. Right. The, we've seen that theme repeated in sci-fi so many times but they do it so well in interstellar that they don't ever really say what well, really you don't happened have all this you don't have well you don't see like you have the other extreme yeah in some of these films like you know we were talking about skyline before the show where you're seeing people just being yanked up into these ships and being ripped apart and their brains being ripped really violent right where yeah with interstellar the whole like first hour of the movie, or first forty five minutes to the hour of the movie, it's it's Earth, and it's peaceful, it's calm, it's tranquil to a certain degree, but you're you're being told about all this horrible shit that's going on. People are starving and dying. Well, and all it, the crops are going away. It's right? that thing that we've always said about horror that sometimes letting your mind 
wander a little bit and kind of try to think about what actually happened yeah. versus being shown what happened. I Which, love that yeah. mysterious Beautiful, angle yeah. of Interstellar. Yeah. But then when we get away from the planet finally to the more expedition portion of the film, yeah. it becomes more like hard sci-fi, right? Yeah. And then we get the whole end sequence, which kind of gets the more like cerebral part of, you know, the whole Tesseract thing. Like, it's just, it's a great movie across the board and it's so multi-layered. And I'll be honest, one of the things I really like about this movie too is that in this film, Matthew McConaughey is still like doing a pretty good job acting. Like he never goes full bore into... You know, hey, I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to be like super intense the entire time. No. He shows a range of emotions. Yeah. And you kind of understand, like, you know, he knows he's losing everything back home on Earth mm-hmm. in order to try and save it. Mm-hmm. I just think this movie just touches on so many bases, so many different things from other films, but also has Christopher Nolan's magic touch. Well, so, there was, you know, the movie really. You know, the key plot point of the movie was relativity. Yeah. And there were, and the real star of the film was time and, and relativity. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned a point there, Chris, uh, where, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's character, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's, no, oh, fuck it. Matthew's character. Yes. Cause it's <laughs> stupid to remember his name. Um, he did at in the beginning of the mission. His point, his goal was to get out there, get him to a certain point, and come back home. That was part of the story. Yeah. yeah. But then they, they, not to go too far into the story, but they went down to the one planet, and that's where they had the problems. the The engine they had, they hit a tidal a tidal wave, basically picked yeah. up the the, and they were stuck. You know, in relativity, what was like an hour for them was like seven years. Yeah, yeah, seven years on planet Earth. Um, so you're dealing with that, and what what has me still blown away about this movie? What makes what mystifies me the most is the scenes where they're in space, because and the, and I mean I have read, I've watched all the bonus material, I've dug into this so deep, and they did a really great job with this idea of this the, the crafts that they were using, the, especially the one they were flying in. Um, was really just pieced together. Yeah. They were out of money. They were just trying yeah. to put something together to get these people up there. So if you look really close, at, they did a beautiful job on the sets where, because they weren't really very beautiful. It wasn't, you, you know, it wasn't very sophisticated looking like you'd expect from like, you know, hard sci-fi, you know, blinking stuff everywhere and digital readouts and holographic readouts. You can, they were all very, very simple machines they were using. And that took me down this, what mystifies me the most is just this idea and it, it makes me want to be there so bad. I want to put myself in that position so bad, even though how shitty it would be to have to live like that. But it's like, man, you're inside this thing. And they even talk about uh, one of the characters talks about it. He's like, he's like, you know, he's like, where there's like, you know, this much steel between us and out there, we wouldn't survive like, like 10 seconds. We'd be dead. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that idea. I'm mystified by that, and it's such a simple, goofy idea. And I'm sorry if I'm going down the rabbit hole here, but I Mm-mm. what this movie made me want to do was be there and be a part of that adventure, hmm. I guess. Um, 
And that's just a small part of why I just worship this movie. The emotional gravity this movie carries the whole way through. I have not felt that from a movie in decades, honestly. I mean, you shouldn't have mentioned this damn movie. Because <laughs> um, the, Got him started. The gravity of this movie, I felt when I watched it. And a lot of it had to do with Hans Zimmer's score. And we've talked oh, yeah, about score that. score is fabulous. Like, it is, yeah. The score is one of my all-time favorite movie scores now because of just how it backdrops the film and how it just it don't seem to fit, but it fits absolutely perfect once you kind of start seeing this story play out. And it's another one of those ones where you have to just – I talk about it again. I have watched this movie and watched this movie yeah, I've watch watched this, this movie, a lot, too. And it's one of those ones where, I mean, I really mean this. You hear this from, oh, you, something, you see something new. You fucking do, man. And there's shit that I've seen in that movie. I'm like, oh, my God. That's what the, the And I jump up and down, and Amber's like, what are you yeah. freaking out about now? You've watched uh, the movie like 50 times in a row. You I'm jackass. Like, still trying to figure it out. Uh, it's that <laughs> dense. It's yeah. that dense. It's that. There's so many layers there. It's hard to keep up with it, man. Sorry. I'm going to shut up now. All right. Chris Jordan, <laughs> we'll let you go next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you have any? I'm sorry, Chris Jordan. I didn't. Did, did I'm you, fine. Is there anything you wanted to say? No, about it's the okay. Movie? <laughs> I'm good. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Um. <laughs> okay. Show over. <laughs> yeah. That's. Well, what else can you say about yeah. sci-fi? Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So another kind of, in a sense, superficially similar, but thematically or stylistically or whatever very different kind of long space voyage movie that I really like that I think is often kind of misunderstood is Sunshine, Danny God, Boyle's I movie. I've not seen that. I'm it's, embarrassed I haven't seen that one. Oh, I yeah. love so Sunshine. Cool. Have, have you seen Sunshine? I have not seen that one. It's yeah. really good. Um, where you know, the plot on its face is, implausible. is really silly because it's mm. like they don't explain. They figured out the science, but they don't talk about it in the movie, which is stupid. But yeah, the idea is like the sun is slowly dying, and so like this team of astronauts is going to effectively like restart the chemical reaction inside the sun because the Earth is yeah. slowly freezing to death, mm -hmm. and that is an incredibly silly premise. And a lot of people just kind of write it off because just on its face, that premise is really implausible it but is. it it's sort of like that's really just kind of like a MacGuffin to get them all into space yeah and the movie is basically like all these characters kind of represent different like schools of philosophy or what have you and it's all about how they all kind of personally respond to like the crushing isolation of space and like you know some of them kind of like see this sort of like profound meaning some of them are just sort of like dwarfed by like the existential dread of just how empty it is and like yeah. some of them kind of like feel this great sense of purpose like oh we're gonna save our planet and some of them just start like just kind of like cracking under the isolation and just like the vastness of it all and the philosophy of it is really complex and interesting and the characters all kind of and they start to yeah. crumble under pressure and then <clears throat> the weird shit starts to happen yeah. because as they're getting closer to the sun, reality starts to alter itself. Yeah. And I guess that's the best way to put it. And there's a character who, uh, you know, things take a bit of a horror type turn. And that's another, like, people give the movie shit about the last act and how kind of 
horror it goes, but in keeping with, like, the different schools of philosophy where, like, that character ends up sort of being the villain is, like, this very sort of, like, Nietzschean, like, that, like, sort of where existentialism starts to turn into nihilism, like, he's, like, this sort of, like, Nietzschean Superman kind of villain, and, like, it really is, like, a movie about philosophy, and the cast is great, like, Killian Murphy is the central character he's always great but that's my favorite killian murphy role we have yeah michelle yo uh Uh, captain america America in there um (laughs) oh god what's what's his uh what's the other uh you know from from doctor strange and uh, such i can't remember his name right now that that guy's great too uh uh mark strong yeah this is yeah it's and if you like beautifully shot event horizon You'll like Sunshine because I, there's... It's on my list. There's a lot I of... I haven't gotten to it. I, I gotta watch it. Comparable thematic elements to yeah. this as Event Horizon. I'll definitely yeah. sit down with that one because it's been... A, it's literally sitting... I have a list that of stuff mm. that I still have to tackle. I'm glad you brought that up because that just reaffirms that I have yeah. to watch this movie now. And, I mean, you can tell from my picks so far that, like, I'm a huge nerd for, like, the really, like, philosophically dense sci-fi that's the the philosophy major. Those are the best me. ones. <laughs> Those, Loves that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I think we're. I think we've really. If there's any point we made so far about with this show, is just that is that the best sci-fi is the stuff that makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Totally. How about right. you, Mara? All right, Mara. We're gonna let you talk finally. I gotta go to my list here. Okay. <laughs> um, somewhere in time, is my next pick. Oh. Interesting choice. Yeah. I um, okay. Now I I think like people might want to just right off the bat think of that as kind of like a romance drama, which it is. But I mean, it's written by Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. who's very you know obviously accomplished sci-fi writer, and it has to do with a you know with time travel, and so I I I consider it sci-fi because of that. I can't remember who was in this one. Christopher Reeves. That's what I thought. And Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw this when I was very young. I did too. I saw it for the first time in fifth grade. My fifth grade class went on a trip to Mackinac Island, and they showed us that movie because- Because it was filmed there. Yeah. yeah. It takes place like at the Grand Hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they showed us that movie, and I don't know why they would show a group of 10-year-olds that movie. Because it's not interesting to 10-year-olds. And there's a really, like, very, like, 70s, like, soft focus love scene. Yeah. That, yeah. that like, no <laughs> one could handle. So I, <laughs> I, I have a pretty, like, I have, it's like, a... too hot for you to handle. It was. It was way too hot for the 10-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> way too hot for us. <laughs> so that instantly became my favorite movie. No. I... <laughs> Because that, it was too hot for ten years. That's not why. That's not why. <laughs> but you know, I it always stuck with me because we went to Mackinac Island and I got to see where they shot it and everything. Right, and right. that place never changes. Yeah, yeah. So it was like that. And the story's really cool too about um, you know, he goes back and he goes in time just because it's like the way he does it is like he convinces himself mm-hmm. that he's in the past. So he like makes his whole room like how it would be whatever the uh, time was, like 1901 or whatever it was. So he couldn't have like a digital clock or like anything like that. And I just, I love that idea. I love that idea of time travel, that if you just like surround yourself with right. things yeah. that like were from a time period, you'll be in that time period. 
And Sweet. I, Can I just go to like 1980 and like stay yeah. there forever? Stay there yeah, forever. Yeah, you just have to get rid of your like all your computer stuff. Okay. And like everything that was invented past like a certain like year that you want to be in. That would be great. And just like put all the like, you know, all your like the 80s clothes on and just lay in bed and just be like, it's 1984. I get it's to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Have my- yes. That sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a really yeah. cool premise. Yeah. Yeah. It is it's a really cool, cool premise. And it's like, it's it's heartbreaking and sad and it's, you know, romantic and everything. Yeah. That's cool, too. And it also has like a, um, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theme song soundtrack. I don't know who wrote I, it. Yeah. I, I, I remember that because it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Music, too. Yeah. It's like, that song will like mm. choke you up. Yeah, it's beautiful. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I like the unconventional pick for sure. Yeah. 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 That's super Me cool. Me too. Well, time travel, you know, and that's another, I think, another, you know, we end of the world shit, time travel shit. Those are two, like, the most, uh, to me, like, the most compelling ideas that sci-fi seems to center I around. I love the time travel stories. shit. That's yeah. my favorite. And, you know, and I, as you were talking about that, I had a handful. I got a handful on my list here, and I'm just, I'm really fighting on which one I should go with. But you know what? I'm going to do it, and I'm going to totally just shit the bed when I say this too. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Final Countdown, 1980. Oh yeah, wicked flick. I mean, yeah. I haven't, and I haven't seen it in forever. But it's one of those ones that stuck in my craw. I saw it in the theater when I was really young, and you know, long story short. Big old Navy freighter uh, or, you know, jet landing thing. Which, that's what I remember about that movie being so cool is you got, like, the camera work they did, they really showed, like, even to the point where these things landed, they they showed like the belay things that come and gr- they grab they grab the jets so they don't fall off the side. Right. You saw a lot of really cool detail with these jets landing on the on the on this jet. What do you call it thing? It's, it's an aircraft carrier. Aircraft carrier. Yay. So. But yeah, it was there was a lot of really cool detail with that. But long story short, I mean, really, this is a story about. An aircraft carrier that <laughs> somehow goes through some type of portal and ends up back during right before Pearl Harbor. Ooh, yeah. And that's their thing. Like they know history. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, they re- once they realize like where they like what's happened, they're like, we could prevent this from happening. Mm. You know, and I don't want to fuck it up because it's a really cool flick. People need to go see it, I think. Uh, but that's that's a premise, another weird premise idea right there. You know, and that to me, it's not really a really, it's not a technically insane film. Uh, it's got some really great flight sequences, some really good camera work, like I said. But it's not, you know, a feast for the eyes when it comes to, like, just, you know, special effects. No, because it's still very 80s, very obviously. Very primitive, but it's, but it's a really cool premise, the yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a good premise. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely one to check out. It's a great Hell film. Hell yeah. Cool. Your turn, Chris. <laughs> My turn. Um, <laughs> uh I'm going to go with another one that kind of changed everything, mm. which is going to be The Matrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what do I really have to say about this movie other than it was a game changer? Why? Because nobody had really, a lot of those premises hadn't been really touched on too much yeah. in cinema. Had they? Uh, no, no, I agree. They, they really weren't. My thing with, uh, <laughs> the thing with The Matrix... Um, when it came out, I mean, it did seem to like just change people's. Eye. Well, you know what? That speaks for itself right there. When it, I, when that movie came out, everybody around me who saw it was like, "I'm like, I'm like, fuck the Matrix." I mean, I was, I, I said this. I'm like, I, you know, you know, and I was very anti like 
trend, whatever, back then. I, if it was, of course. If it was popular, I didn't want to see it because I was stupid. Um, so I was like, it's everybody's watching it. I ain't going to watch it. And, I, and that's what I would say to people. Like, dude, you know, I don't need to see that. They're like, dude, you don't understand, man. You don't understand. You got to see The Matrix. I'm like, what the fuck's The Matrix? Dude, it's The Matrix. You got to check it out. I mean, it was like this kind of crap I heard mm-hmm. from people. So on your point, Chris, I mean... I just think at the time it was something new and it, it did it mixed the action with the sci-fi the really cool and I you know the the dual tiered story of the whole thing that you mm-hmm. know we're living in one reality when really reality is this totally horrific nightmare that's run by robots mm-hmm. you know that we basically created mm-hmm. and they took over the planet and they're yeah. using us for fuel for the most part correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's such a huge premise and they took all that and they kind of squeezed it down into what is one of the biggest mainstream movies movies of all time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't happen very often. A lot of those ideas behind that movie uh, you would think people would be like, "Oh, that's like too much to think about." Well, that's slow mm-hmm. motion stuff they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that in every damn yeah. movie. Oh, the bullet well, time. When was yeah. the original yeah. Matrix? 1999. I think it was 97. 97. It was yeah, 90 97 or 98, I think. Okay, I mean, and well, you look, still see that same type of shit in movies today where you know, the bullet flies at them and they bend back really slow and the bullet, bullet slows down so they don't get hit by the bullet. 99. Right? Oh, okay. 99. Thank you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Don't ever doubt me again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that movie really, I think, I finally, we well, we talked about this a while ago. We did a whole show, I thought we did a whole show on The Matrix. No, we, I, this was touched on at one point. Because I remember taking and sitting down on a weekend and watching them all. Yeah. And this is like maybe a year ago. Mm. I finally watched them. Wow. Uh, no kidding. Uh, for You're real. I've only ever times. seen the first one. I watched them all. And, and they, they were great. They I, were, I really they were, liked it. They I, were great. There was not a thing. I mean, there were fantastic movies. Um, and maybe I wish, I will admit, I probably would have liked to. I think you know, the, part of it. the subsequent releases, like I really like the last one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people blow it off because it turns into this huge battle sequence at the end. And a lot of people thought that was too much. I actually love that battle. Like the final fight between mankind and the AI, basically. Yeah. It's really cool. I love that entire last scene of the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. But I get it. I get why some people are like, yeah, the second, third weren't as good as the first. Well, when you have something as strong as the first it's movie, it's hard up. to follow it up. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, there was I magic think, there. Yeah. The both of those yeah, they're, they're fun sequels, but I think like the first one was where all the all the philosophy and all the ideas were. And then it was like, well, like, I think they could. We got think a cash of, cow here. They Let's could think it. of stories for parts two and three, but like yeah. the themes were kind of all laid out in the first one. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and like in the second one, by the time you know you throw in like the key maker and stuff, and it's like d- they started. D- does to get... this mean anything, or do you just like need stuff to do? I think they were starting to like. Yeah, we need to throw. We need to throw more ideas in here. Because maybe yeah. our premise can't carry all three films. Yeah. But still, I love them. Yeah. I and love all three of them. The first one is, like, perfect. Yes. And it's rare it's that, flag. like, a movie comes out and you see it, and in that moment you're like, holy shit, this is, like, a game-changing movie. This is going to change film as it exists popularly. And I think that was one of those. No, I mean, just the characters were so unique-looking. The costumes were so unique-looking just for the roles that were they were playing. 
right? And mm-hmm. that's why you see, you know, when you see somebody at Halloween uh, dressed up like Trinity or something like that, you yeah. know who it is. I mean, it's very easy. They're so unique. It, I mean, it looks so cool. Yeah, one one could say that they sort of took that aesthetic from like '80s cyberpunk and William Gibson and oh, yeah. whatnot. Yeah, and Trinity is very much Molly from Neuromancer. But okay. that's that's fine. It all though. comes from somewhere. Yeah, it, it all comes from somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. like that's that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah, the Matrix is fan. I mean, it really. It is. I mean, it, I mean, I'm making a comment like that. You know, like this stuff is so recognizable, and I never really saw the movies until I mean, really sat down with them until a year or so ago. So even without seeing them, I still recognize those characters. That's how that's how strong those characters were, and how yeah. that's how much weight they yeah. carried. Through, you know, in pop culture. Right. Period. So that's how that's how good that movie in that movie is. still that series still has a hold on oh, pop hell culture. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it does. Totally, Chris Jordan. Indeed. Chris Jordan hit it. Okay, I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Start, Scott. I thought you were gonna start rapping. <laughs> I thought you were gonna bust a move. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the movie that we did a uh, movie battle against the Matrix with this Dark City. Which is a brilliant fucking yeah, movie. I like Dark that, City. Oh, awesome! I awesome. Like that. Yeah. Probably more yeah. than Matrix, to be honest. I I also <laughs> like Dark City more than the Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know that's one of those where it's like I always wonder like what happened in that parallel universe where New Line hadn't been too scared to market Dark City well, mm-hmm. and that had been the hit that caught on with the pop culture consciousness. Mm-hmm. And you know like what happens in that parallel parallel world where dark city was a big mainstream hit and alex Preuss's career didn't just like crash and burn immediately yeah and yeah because that movie is so good and like the ideas are amazing uh the way that it uses the film noir stuff is so cool yeah that really is that noir yeah. stuff is mm-hmm. so cool oh, yeah. and though there's the whole like look of it the like mid-century look is really yeah. cool this is like totally yeah. goth sci-fi yeah it, it is totally is yeah and just like the idea of it is so interesting with like the memories getting shifted around Mm -hmm. and again it has like the sort of big picture like what does it mean to be human where do we get our identity um it's just it's so unique and such a smart movie and it's a shame that it is so not that widely known yeah i it's the same director as the crow yeah yeah which is interesting because I can't mm. even think of anything else he did beside those those two movies. But um, I saw that at the theater when it was when it came out. I don't even know how. I think it was just I was of the age where I was like, I just need to get out of the house. I'll see anything. Dark City, whatever. And I just was like watching it, like confused the whole time. Like, what am I watching? What is going <laughs> on? What is this movie? <laughs> yeah. And I ended up seeing it a few more times and trying to, you know, kind of piece it together because it's 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 a lot to take in all at once, especially like when you're really not expecting to see it at the theater as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really unexpected how yeah. smart that movie is. He actually did a lot of other sci fi stuff, though. He yeah. Did, but he did iRobot. Oh shoot! Really? Okay. Yeah, he yeah. directed iRobot, and he also directed Knowing with Nicolas Cage. I really yeah. like Knowing. <sighs> I. It's goofy. It's it's goofy, but it's good. Like at its core, there's a good yeah. story there. The thing with knowing and iRobot is that uh, they should be such different movies if he had had freedom to make them. Because that's like 
you know, Dark City was his thing where it's like the crow was a huge hit and he had carte blanche to do whatever and he made Dark City and it was great. But New Line mm. thought that it was too weird, so they didn't market it, and it was a huge bomb. And he basically, like, that just tanked his reputation. He's like, oh, you directed a movie that flopped at the box office. Right, right. And so then he had, like, even though that movie's fucking brilliant, mm-hmm. he had, like, no clout to do what he wanted after that. So I, Robot got turned into a Will Smith vehicle, which, like, I don't know. I, Robot's fine. It's fun. It's a fun movie, but it's, like... It's not the great Philip K. Dick movie that it should be. No, and no. then knowing is like a great concept, and I I really like that movie, but it's, it's silly. Like yeah, it's just yeah. Nick Cage. But know? yeah, D- Dark City and The Crow are just like two of like the quintessential '90s gothy awesome movies. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mara. Mara. All right. Educate us, Mara. Let's see. Let's see. I got a list here. What do I want to talk about next? Come on, Mara. Okay, well, Oh, Mara. Come on, Mara. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, guys. (laughs) Can I have a chance? Yeah. (laughs) Go. Go. I got two Cronenberg movies I want to talk about. And I think I'm going to talk about Extasense since Andrea did the uh, article on it and she got me thinking about it. That's like one of my one of my favorite movies. Cool flick. I love that mm. movie. And for those for those of you who don't know, it's pretty much about a like a organic video game mm-hmm. system and it's like a it's you get like a port in your back that looks like a butthole and like you plug it in and you have to like <laughs> manipulate this thing that looks like it has nipples and like you're in this open world so game. Bizarre. Yeah. I'm mildly yeah. excited right now. That is so Cronenberg. Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's gross. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's weird. It's uh, Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee. They're good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, there's, there's really not more to say about it other than it's just a good adventure gross movie and it really gets you to, and and i just i don't want to get too much on what andrew said in her article but i agree with her it really gets you to think about a lot of different things involving you know the technology and video games and our society and hmm. like we've been saying the ones that are good are the ones that make you think mm-hmm. about nice. The things yeah. you don't think about or maybe things we take for granted. It's been a little while since so. I really sat. I mean, I've only seen the movie a couple of times. My neighbor yeah. gave me a copy and said, you got to watch this. Yeah. I think that was 99 too, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, because uh. she did it for the 99. Oh, that's right. Duh. Yeah. 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 I think one of the ideas uh, with that is, you know, people, even in 99, uh, even more so now, Yeah. Uh, what I think about when I think about that movie is just the idea, yeah, that people... Sometimes that's, I mean, nowadays, I, especially uh, video games and competitive gaming and things mm-hmm. like that online. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, and I've seen the ugly side of this from friends of mine. It's, it becomes their only source of social. It's their yeah. only social outlet they yeah. have. It's, it's, it's their identity. It's who they are. Right. It's in their DNA. I'm for better or for worse. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that you know, I don't know exactly what Cronenberg was trying to you know to talk. You know, but that's one of the things I took away from that is okay. This. Where you, you know, and where you very well may have it, as much as I hate to say it. I mean, who may take the pill someday? But yeah, there is the idea of, well, yeah, someday this shit will just be in our brains. It'll just be a part of us. We'll be 
in this world. I mean, and we've heard about the whole VR thing and all this yeah. crap. Well, like the same premise as like Strange Days. Yeah. Which Andrew just gave me a Blu-ray copy of. I cannot wait to watch it this weekend. But yeah, that same thing with, you know, you, you're so connected to. You had another one. Yeah, I'm a sorry. A virtual world. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. but go ahead, Mara. I'm sorry. Didn't no. you had a second one too, right? I do, but I can we can I, we can go around again. I can talk about it. No, just throw out throw your throw other out one. Yeah, cool. well, while we're throw talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, The Fly is my other. Oh one. yeah, one of my favorite oh. movies of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that that's a very just another. It's I just I really like gross movies. <laughs> so if there's like gross scenes, I really like it. I just I love where he's picking his teeth out in the mirror and he's like oh very interesting you know and <laughs> yeah that version was really nauseating oh yeah it was yeah of the very, fly yeah um there's a lot of really hard things to watch there is that's what I, I really like that though the whole movie is pretty hard to watch i mean you know it's sad because you know he starts off he's he's very like idealistic and you know starting off his relationship with Gina Davis and yeah. it seems like really promising and everything and he's a scientist you know they're 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 hitting it off and she's got to watch him go through all this shit it's like mm-hmm. god yeah Brundlefly yeah. Brundlefly is pretty effing gross yeah but what you see great though, effects great yeah oh yeah what what you see and that's the story is this person knowing what I don't maybe I'm wrong but you know, Brendel fly. Anyways, Dude. knowing what. Okay, look. I mean, when you get older, I guess this is this idea that I have. Like, there, when you get the older you get, I guess there's this idea like the shit you do to your body or the shit that happens to your body. Sometimes it's permanent, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, like this idea of what was he was going through. It's like, do you, do you have it? This is part. Like, you're not gonna be. Better. Yeah. You're not coming back yeah. from this. You're not coming yeah. back from this. Yeah. However, he's maintaining this, this, this pose as a scientist and documenting yeah. everything, and you know, trying to understand how you know, like the whole scene where, and that's one of the cool things. Like they show the eating scene, but they don't show him eat. Like he, they show like the sounds. Yeah. They, they, well, they, you hear the sounds. Yeah. But it's him. This is how. So this is how I eat. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So knowing that he's, you know. He's going to be going, this isn't going to end well, right? He's still a scientist, still documenting. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea with that story. Yeah, yeah uh, I agree. I like that a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah, the fly, man, you can't you can't mess with that. No. And you can't really mess with Chrono. I mean, that's really not even just great sci-fi. That's just one of the great right. movies of all yeah. time. Yeah, and I know we've beaten the Agreed hell out of Videodrome on here. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about Videodrome. You yeah, know, in spades mm-hmm. on this show, so we don't. We that movie rules. We don't. That's all we have to say about video. <laughs> it's completely insane. So what's your next one? I don't Scott? know, dude. I got so much crap on here. I'm trying to the, the I the list I had. I put all the obvious ones. Yeah, and it's like we've talked about them. I don't want to do that again. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, what was coming to your mind? Fuck it, Starman. Oh Star yeah. Man. Okay. Star Starman. Cool. Never saw that one, dude. Love yeah. story. Total love story. Yeah. Um. But it got me, you know, it's one of those ones that get you thinking, too. Uh, it's why I, probably why I threw it down here. Uh, alien comes down, grieving. What's her name? She was in uh, Raise of the Lost Ark. Karen Allen. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, Karen, Karen Allen, grieving grieving wife. Uh, long story short, an alien comes down, and somehow it, it's able to genetically get a piece of his hair, her dead husband's hair. Mm-hmm. She had it in a photo album. 
and he takes that and they kind of show this some really great special effects of him taking that one strand of hair and more or less extracting the DNA and making him himself hmm. again or this alien more wow. or less mimicked her dead husband and it's Jeff Bridges it's Jeff Bridges yeah uh, and, but it's great his acting is fantastic because you know he physically is her her dead husband um, alive in front of her now but he don't have he, he isn't the same he's just he's an alien he don't he don't understand social he don't know what to do mm-hmm. he don't know how to talk so the movie is this wonderful adventure with these two where he did go home again yeah, I think that's how it ended it's been a while since I saw mm-hmm. it um, but you know it's this great adventure of them trying to get to a certain point where he can go home and she's obviously torn because she's with her husband again but she also understands that there's this is not her husband mm-hmm. but it's a lot of comedy too there's some really funny stuff oh as he's learning how to be human yeah there's a lot of there's a beautiful scene where they're in a diner he, he, apple apple pie like yeah he just falls in love with apple pie but she was they were sitting at the table and she did she said she got mad and said the word shit she's like shit and then the waitress walks up and you know, and she's like, "What can I get you?" And he's like, "Shit." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, he's he's not from here. He's from another country. He's learning the language." And she's like, "It's a hell of a start he's got." <laughs> it's a great, cool <laughs> scene. It's a great interplay, like with how this character, what this character was, um, and it's just one of those ones from you know, one of my childhood films I used to watch over mm-hmm. and over again too. You know, really great, kind of cool, soft, gooey love story too. Uh, but really interesting at the same time where, like, you know, if you're put in a situation like this, you know, like that movie Transcendence I mentioned, same type of weird thing happened with that, too. Um, he was able to rematerialize himself, her her dead husband, you know, and it's that same thought process. Is this, this isn't my husband, though. He's dead. This isn't my loved one. They're dead. Um, right. Which is another interesting thing I see in sci-fi is these ideas where, well, we have technology now. We can... We can we can make you better. Uh, Black Mirror. There's an episode of Black Mirror where oh, you see yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, super interesting how they they were able to make that work. Let it brew. <laughs> Love that shit. Um, but after a while, she realized this isn't my husband. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, that. The Black episode. Mirror with with uh, yeah. Donald Gleason. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let it brew. Let just let it brew. Pour the stuff yep. in it or whatever. So that's another weird thought thing too you know sci-fi making you think these cool ideas starman was one of those ones it's it's a cool flick it's you know it's not the greatest one but uh it's very 80s it's it's a very 80s very very 80s yeah good movie though chris what's your what's your lame i'm gonna throw out one of the all-time classics total recall yeah (sighs) i only saw it once really yeah oh my god i love this movie the, actually, the remake is pretty good. It got yeah. uh, kind of shit on when it first came out, but if you watch it again, they actually get a lot more of the details in the yeah. story in the mm-hmm. remake with uh, Colin Farrell in it. Colin Farrell, however the fuck you say Farrell. it, Farrell, Farrell. Um, but yeah, Total Recall. I think this is one of the better uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies by far. I love all the scenes on Mars. It just it's fabulous. Again, it's an adventure film. There's a lot of action in it too. Mm-hmm. So this kind of rides that fine line of being sci-fi mm-hmm. or action, but they did that a lot in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of quotable stuff in this movie too. I love the practical creature effects in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And of mm-hmm. course, the three boobs. I mean, that's kind of hot. 
Yeah. I mean, no, it's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, Total Recall, that is one that I can rewatch all the time. So that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Chris J. Yeah, Total, Total Recall is fun. It's not one of my favorites of that era. One that I was actually talking to a friend the other day about this with 80s Paul Verhoeven movies and how robocop is definitely superior to total recall oh absolutely yeah um yeah i rewatched robocop for the i hadn't seen it since high school i rewatched it a few weeks ago and i was honestly it had been so much time that i was kind of taken aback by how smart and how good and how clever a film that is and like all the different levels on which it works um yeah, have, have you rewatched it lately? RoboCop? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it probably five or six months ago. Yeah. Have you watched RoboCop in recent times? I at watched all? it today. Did really? You really? <laughs> Wait, yeah, see? I did. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I, God, I you had, guys are on this like weird a, thing, man. I had it like on an, in the background, so I wasn't oh, okay. like paying attention to it fully. I paid attention up until the part he gets riddled with. But no, I pay. I paid attention a little past that. Yeah. Probably to around the part where he was like just being coming into being robocop and they're like you know waking him up and shit but i was uh yeah yeah and then i kind of studied stuff around the house but i did watch it a lot That's of it today wild that yeah. you, you watch it today <laughs> well i was i was thinking about all the different sci-fi movies and i'm like you know going through all my blu-rays and dvds and i'm yeah. like i'm gonna put this in right now nice yeah i don't have a job so that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, ro- <laughs> good good choice robocop yeah that's uh, yeah i I was honestly kind of surprised how good it is. Like, I I did not remember it being as moving as it is when he starts to get his memories back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, like, when he goes through his house and he's getting all the memories of the life that he had, like, how it's actually mm-hmm. really moving. Mm-hmm. And also, watching it now, having last seen it in the early 2000s, we are living in the RoboCop future. We are just like one RoboCop away from being in that world. We are like one RoboCop away yeah. from RoboCop. Yeah, we are one RoboCop away from RoboCop. Because yeah, like we are <laughs> in the, you know, the future where you know Detroit is functionally owned by like one large corporation, mm. and there's like that that scene at the beginning, uh, Jones's first boardroom speech before the Ed Two O Nine scene, yeah. where like. It's supposed to be all dystopian. He's like, oh, yeah, like, OCP, we've had such success privatizing, like, all these businesses that are typically thought of as public sector. It's like, oh, you know, like, you know, prisons, schools, Mm -hmm. policing, like, oh, all those things have actually been privatized with equally morally dubious results in the 30 years since RoboCop came out. Yeah. And, like... In a sense, that's one of those where it's like, okay, that's good sci-fi. Is like yeah. it really plausibly is like, what's the world actually going to look like? A little bit Not down good the road. for us. But it's, kind of, yeah, it's, it's real depressing. It's foreboding. It well, just tells you. Yeah, we're hey, going to get that statue soon. We huh? are going to get that so. statue. I mean, all we need now is like someone who works in the Quicken family of companies to be like, I have an idea to make a robotic cop, yeah. and then we're there. Yeah, I know. Then we are there. Yeah. Um. Also. Another thing in RoboCop, speaking of the future technology thing, uh, Jones sends uh, Miguel Ferrar his death threat on a fucking DVD Damn, in a 1989 yeah. movie. You're yeah. right. We're, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they called that one 10 years before there was DVD. Wow. 
Yeah. I, I always okay. forget about the Twin Peaks connection with that movie because it's got uh, Miguel Ferreira in it and then... And Ray Wise. Yeah, and Ray Wise. <laughs> and yeah. I, another thing I like about that movie too that I forgot about until I watched it this morning was like the like... Uh, when they're like they keep going to like the news news reporters and they're showing yeah. like commercials and stuff and like you kind of get a glimpse into like their culture you know yeah like that it's really cool i like that it's a very like it's a very comic booky movie yeah reminds me of reading a comic yeah yeah and it makes sense that then frank yeah. miller wrote too no, yeah it's a fantastic Which movie i gotta rewatch too because i haven't watched that in a while and i remember liking that one more than the first one yeah i've not seen that since like bits and pieces on tv when i was a kid mm -hmm. i kind of want to watch it uh kind of nervous because i feel like it's not going to be as smart as the first one i don't you know from what i remember it's not but it's definitely very fun and over yeah. the top and you know i i it, it's a little more from and i'm just speaking from like you know memory which one is this robocop 2 in comparison to robocop RoboCop 2 is actually still kind of decent. Mm, Not as yeah. good as the first. It's still pretty brutal, but RoboCop 3 is when it really kind of goes meh. Yeah, RoboCop 3 I can like is like I don't I know I saw it, but I don't remember any of it. I remember yeah. thinking it wasn't that good. Well, I think RoboCop 3, that's when <laughs> they changed it the guy playing RoboCop. Yeah. It's, it was the dude from Thinner that played him. Oh, really? And uh mm -hmm. and this is the one I think when RoboCop got wings. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just saying that I liked two better than the first one. From I haven't watched it in a long time. It's been but, so long as I've seen two. But I remember liking two better. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think it was quite as brutal as the first one. Because the first one is a hard watch, for yeah, sure. It is. That toe, it's, that toxic thing. Oh, that dude. Oh, yeah. Man, it's t that's tough to watch <laughs> still to this day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, it's tough to watch. Get me. Get off me, yeah. man. <laughs> that's crazy. No, that, that was like that, the makeup work they did on that. Uh, the prosthetics, whatever they oh, used. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking, it was nasty. Well, yeah, if you want some, like, insane, over-the-top shit, get Paul Verhoeven in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mara. He makes some crazy stuff. It's your turn, Mara. All right. <laughs> Come on, Let's Mara. see what I got on my big list here. Mara. Tons of stuff. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one that's gonna make everyone fly through the roof right now. Okay. Oh shit. Escape from L.A. All right. From L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I I've tried to watch Escape from New York like three times and I've fallen asleep. Really? Now, yeah. Blasphemy. Escape from L.A. Blasphemer. I have seen this movie multiple times. Love this movie. Hmm. Love it. And I saw it, but like I. It's funny because I saw it like when it came out in the 90s. And I like, didn't even know about deal. Escape in New York. Because oh, I was, really? Yeah. Because, I don't know. I, they, that wasn't a movie that like my dad liked or my mom liked. Okay. So it wasn't around in my house. So I was like, what's this? This has a good sound soundtrack that they're selling to the kids. It had like, <laughs> I don't know, Deftones on it or something. And it did. A bunch of other m metal and rock bands. And I, I went and saw it at the theater and I had a great time. And I, and I still watch it every now and again. And I really enjoy it. I think it's hilarious because it kind of reproduces so much from Escape from New York. The only thing that I wish they had kind of done with Escape from L.A. is change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, I, instead I of can, just sending him into another place where he's got to, you know. I can totally see that. And because, like, I, like I've said, I've, like, seen, I've seen most of Escape from New York. And as I saw it, I'm like, 
oh, oh, okay. Now I know why they did all that. Okay, this was this movie falls into that like sequel trap. But when mm. I but when I saw it, I didn't know. I just liked it. I mean, the look of the two movies are really, really different. Yeah, they are. Well, because you had so much time between them, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the one when he rides a surfboard, though. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, it is. Yep. I remember we were watching that movie in the theater, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I thought that was cool. But, yeah. you know, I was, I was a dumb kid. That's all right. You got flick. There's nothing wrong with year, that. What year was yeah. that? I must have been. 96. Yep. I was a, I was a teen. How much time do we have, Chris? We got like 15 minutes still. Okay, cool. Yeah, we got a little bit of time left. Can I throw one out there? Yeah. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Ooh. I love that movie. Nice. I yeah, it's really good. Did you see it, Mark? I haven't seen it. I like it better than Cloverfield, and I sure as hell like I it better than the Cloverfield, Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, did anybody see the Cloverfield Paradox yet? I did not. That was the one that came out. It was a really great marketing thing. Um, it last the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, Super Bowl just happened this year. That yeah, one so, last yeah. year. Yep. They released it like, out of nowhere. The Cloverfield Paradox came out right after the Super Bowl. It was on Netflix for people to watch. Huh. So that was super exciting. Uh, not nearly as good as Ten Cloverfield Lane. Personally, I think you know in that in that universe they have going now, <clears throat> the Cloverfield universe. Yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane was where it was at. And it's the, a good movie. And again, pretty cool to watch. I mean, the majority of the film is just in an underground base. It's in a house, basically. Yeah. There's not some craziness. It's it's a total mind fuck, basically. Um, and by the end of that thing, you're thinking, you know, Dan Goodman is crazy. He, he or you know, John Goodman. John Goodman. Sorry. Yeah. Dan Goodman. He's good, he's always gonna be Dan to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, John Goodman. You thinking this guy is crazier in a shit house rat? He's paranoid. He's got problems. You who has seen it in this basement? You've seen it. You've seen it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about it, but when I got to that point, I was like. She, yeah, he's crazy. She, this whole thing has been a mind fuck the whole way through. He's crazy. She was right getting the hell out of there, and fine. Now she can just the movie will just end. She'll get out of there, right? And it was just like a, one of them from dusk till dawn plot twists or turns where you're like, what the fuck happened? What's going on here, right? What I love about Man, this movie cool is flip. it kind of gets that old like you know that red scare thing like we're gonna lock ourselves away because we're scared of what's on the outside yeah Mm -hmm. and it's so claustrophobic yeah in the entire movie you're just in this little teeny tiny underground bunker and then but that but it was that's the thing it wasn't teeny tiny well yeah it was rather comfortable if you looked around yeah it was was like a house right they had food they had shelter they had running water they had heat. They had everything they needed. It was relative. I mean, yeah, I know it's claustrophobic. It really is. Right. But you know, if you think about it, well, it's not a bad setup. It's, it's claustrophobic when you may or may not be trapped down there with a crazy person. Exactly. Though. Exactly. And, and what I loved about it is like it messes with your expectations and your allegiances so much. Oh, dude. Like yeah, watching totally. it like half a dozen times, I went back and forth. Like, okay, is John Goodman? insane or is he just like awkward and misunderstood and you'll go back and forth like oh no he's like just trying to psych us out he's actually good like oh but no is he and like it really keeps you genuinely in suspense yeah it does and Um, also creepy john goodman is kind of the best john goodman he does that so well yeah that 
uh, fallen Barton Fink, like creepy John Goodman. Is, yeah, well, he's, he's such really a good. big menacing guy yeah. to start with. He's, he's I just a, want to hug him, though. Yeah, he yeah, seems I, like a teddy bear, but then when you see him act menacing, that's yeah. what it like, kind of messes with He'd be like, yeah. that's scary. Dude, have a beer with, I think. Like, just to yeah, hang with would. John Goodman. Oh, man, what a night would that be? That would be like, great. Keep the shots coming until one of us falls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, he really is a very menacing, you know, he's just a, he is a big teddy bear. Um, but, yeah, that movie, yeah, you're right. That movie just keeps you going back and forth, like, mm-hmm. who's right, who's wrong? You know, and I can honestly say towards the end of that, I was like, this guy's fucking crazy. He's got, She's got to get out of there. There's nothing going on. He's just crazy. And I thought that's what the whole point of the movie was just like, and I know, you know, just working in the paranormal, especially, you know, studying UFOs and people, you know, abductees, people, right. we've talked to a lot of these people. You know, there's some very compelling stories out there, but I can honestly say I've talked to some people. I can 100% verify and certify they have mental problems. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they didn't before this. Maybe something did happen to them. Yeah. Maybe they experienced something and it fucked their head up. I am not the one to judge or know that, but just kind of going into this movie and observing it with that kind of a mindset, I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. I've been in these situations get out right and he was right. but the the yeah. funny thing about this right. movie is the construct of the story is her being trapped inside yeah but then when she's released into the world shit's even more fucked up yeah. out there just shut the fuck up ate some spaghetti yeah, yeah. Ate, we're having spaghetti for dinner tonight yeah just eat some spaghetti shut just the fuck eat up spaghetti eat, that's all you gotta do yeah, fantastic movie though. Yeah, uh, easily the best one. Hopefully they they do maybe some more stuff because I think it's a really interesting universe they have going. Um, but you know, the, and the first one is you know the first one really was the original Cloverfield um, was one of those ones that was the, the marketing behind that and oh yeah you know, it was pretty it was kind of a game changer to a this was one degree. of the first viral yeah. marketed viral yeah. marketed movies was, you know it was the you know, what do you call it the found footage type thing too mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that was a big part of this too, and that's literally how they, you know, I remember the the trailers were f- just them at the party. Hey, what's up? Yeah, we're just having a good time. We're partying, and then what the hell's this thing? Right? So yeah. it was uh, some really interesting marketing. Uh, but yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane's best to me out of that trilogy that they have so far. It's, it's just a totally great flick. Again, less is more. Less is more. Totally. So yes. next one I want to mention. We got maybe ten minutes here. Um, and I'll probably get hit on this one because a lot of people despise this movie. Get ready to hit him. Um, but AI, AI is good. AI is great. I think Spielberg did a great job. Like he almost always does with sci-fi. I know it was supposed to be a Kubrick movie, but I think Spielberg really hit on a lot of the same things that Kubrick would have done. And also he got a lot of the same, like the cinematography and the way the movie looks. It still feels like a Kubrick film for the most part. It does, but I'm happy that he did his own thing because if he just tried to do Kubrick, it would have failed. Right, right. Yeah. Um, But I always love Haley Joel Osment in this role. I think he was cut out to play that boy. And just everything about the movie, I absolutely adore this film. Everything, including the score, the way it was shot, the visuals still hold up really well. And I just love that um, the way the story can be interchanged with, you know, Pinocchio, Mm -hmm. the way they did in the movie. Yeah. Um, This is probably one of my favorites. 
Again, a lot of people will disagree with me on that because I always hear AI it sucks, whatever. I think it's a really, really good movie. I liked so, it. Yeah. I liked yeah. it. There's nothing wrong with the movie. It, it made me cry like hysterically the first oh, time yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really like typically like to watch it that much, but I mean it was yeah. good. Well, because the entire movie is like wrapped up in loss. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then it's just the end just ugh. She loses her kid. They're like, oh, we're going to adopt this robot to replace our child. What? That doesn't yeah, happen. Well, you know? Oh, that's right. But then the real boy comes back to life, doesn't he? I think, yeah, because that's why they yeah. want to get rid of him. Yeah. And then he's yeah. abandoned, and that's just sad. And then, the, and then he hangs out with a pimp. You know. Pimp. Well, he hangs out with Jude Law. Pimp. Yeah. Yeah. The, the jig, uh, Joe. Yeah. 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 All right, Chris, you got one more? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not really sci-fi, but I just always want to talk about hackers because it's the best. <laughs> yeah, it has those that's elements. kind of a sci-fi. Kind of, yeah, it's hack like, the planet. Hack the planet. Um, yeah, like it's, you know, it's not, I'm not sure that it's trying to be sci-fi. It feels like it's trying to be grounded in reality. Oh, yeah, but they thought it was real. Like its <laughs> grasp of how the internet works is just so silly where it's I like, the internet is a it. place. Yeah. And, yeah. Those visuals they show yes. when they're inside, like, in cyber world. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, like, Pendulette's <laughs> just there, like, uh, it's grasp like this is four times the power yeah. of a normal user. I think we got a hacker. It's yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the best movie. No, the, it's grasp on what computers are, too. I mean, not only yeah. the internet, yeah. but just some of the stuff, you know, not like I know everything, but... Even and we all love it, you know our little group of cronies get a kick out of watching that flick too, yeah. and we all just kind of giggle at it like, yeah. oh, they hacked into the kernel! Oh my god! Come on, bring it on, dude! Come on! It's like <laughs> cancer, brain, brain. It, it, it don't work that way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. No, you're not gonna be jumping up and down screaming and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All and, right. And the, the spinning phone booth hacking montage. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I love my that god. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely, like, um, it, that movie kind of played on that idea that, you know, it, hackers were these, like, you know, they were they were cool. I don't know how to even yeah. say it. You know, they're these these cool people. You know, it's funny because I, I, I watch, um, you know, we training, professional training here and stuff like that. I made a comment about this about a year ago when it comes to hackers, right? And it still has this connotation. I was watching this one uh training video and it had some slides and they show like you know their idea of what a hacker is and it, they show like this you know this guy hunched over at his desk covered in tattoos just <laughs> covered in tattoos right <laughs> all sleeved up was he hacking the planet yeah and i'm like <laughs> you know, his hair he had a faux hawk too he had a faux hawk also of course oh perfect know? was and, it and this pink? wasn't made like five years i mean this is like pretty recent they did this <laughs> and I'm, I'm like Screen name and I'm, that's slash and burn. it out to my buddies. We're in this class. I'm like, I didn't know hackers were heavily tattooed. I mean, I didn't know right, that was, right. Like their idea of like their vision of what a <laughs> hacker is. Like, but that was their idea of like this hip hacker guy who's really hip on things. It's like, no, they're not that cool. Yeah, they're yeah, really not that cool. Yeah, the thing, yeah, in in hackers like that, yeah, they're really just a bunch of computer nerds. Yeah, but then the thing that I have 
heard that it does get right that's really interesting to me is how much of it is like the social engineering and physical world stuff. Oh yeah. Like they get people on the phone and try to pretend they're at the company to get people to reveal their passwords. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And like when uh, Lord Nikon is like walking around watching people type stuff and like memorizing it and like all that stuff is like well like they- there's parts of it that seem pretty grounded and then parts mm. of it that are just like way out in left field where people in the 90s didn't know with the what social engineering <laughs> aspect i just watched a video yesterday that ties right in with that uh, i was watching one of my one of my youtube channels I like to watch like internet history and gaming history and stuff like that i'm really interested in all that stuff yeah and I watched one on the fappening. If you guys remember the fappening, when all those celebrities' uh, yeah. iCloud oh, accounts yeah. got hacked, right? The majority of how those those people got, you know, their their accounts got compromised was simply that these people found out their it was a directed attack, and all it really was was them sending direct emails to them saying, "Hey, your account, we're having a problem here. We need you to send us your your information." Wow. And these. Wow, that's what it was? The, yeah, it simply was that. And it's the same idea. You know, it was not some super intelligent group of people that were brute forcing all these, you know, these accounts and doing it. It was just a, it was just social, social engineering. engineering. Yeah. Pretty simple, sneaky. Yeah. And that's how they got in there. Um, these people, of course, got caught and got arrested too because there's a sick and disgusting violation of someone's privacy yeah uh but yeah it really wasn't some like group of people sitting in a dark room together with tattoos all over their bodies <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know it's not quite that ominous uh, but yeah hackers is hackers is just fun to watch it's 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 goofy it's fun it, it, it's, it's so much fun yeah it's a fun movie yeah, it really it's, is it's, it's a ride silly. yeah mara how about you okay i got a glass one to throw out is plan nine from outer space hell yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. people say it's the classic. worst movie of all time but Don't. like i'm sorry <laughs> i fools. sit there and i watch that movie and have i have they not a, seen showgirls and i have a blast it's like you know there's there's like a there's there's a difference between a bad movie and a bad movie yeah yeah I watch. I like watching that movie. Yeah. I think it's fun. Well, because fun sometimes outweighs, like, oh, it's bad, but it's fun. Who cares? Yeah, it's I mean, so much fun. Yeah. It has its problems, but it's like at the heart of it, Ed Wood was very passionate, and he knew what he wanted to do, and he wanted to make a movie, and he had a vision, and he didn't have much at all. Yeah, yeah limited he, resources. He did what he did, and that's that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All it's right. It's got heart. It does. It, it has heart. And it's got Vampira. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. the only Can't movie she's in, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to wrap this yeah. show up. All right. We'll be back next week with episode 110, which is going to be something we had to put off earlier this year, but we're going to finally get to it. We're going to discuss the entire Rocky franchise next week. I can't wait. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> we can't wait. So. Creed 2 comes out on Blu-ray next week, so it'll be a good time to do it. That'll be, so. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. You guys tune in next week here. Don't you forget about yep. us here. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Everybody have a good rest of the week. Hack the planet. Hack the planet. <laughs> Hack it. Hack the planet. Oh my God. We can buy a backpack and run around town from phone booth to phone booth. <laughs> Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.